0: We're going to talk about faith this morning and uh, we're going to take it a little bit of a different that's um, well, always different, but um, we're going to talk particularly this morning about um, the walk of faith as it pertains to the promises of God in our own life. Um, that comes down to the prophetic word that's spoken to us, right? Or rather. The word that's proceeding from the mouth of God, however it may come, whether it's coming from the scripture as it comes alive to you. and God speaks to us in many ways. We're going to talk about the journey of faith today. And um, how many know we're called to be people of faith? How many know the Bible talks about fighting the good fight of faith, that we fight the fight of faith? Do You know what that means? Do You ever just think about what that means? The fight is to have faith. Often we think it's no, no, often we think it is like oh the fight is that I'm going to have to apply my faith to all these circumstances of life but really it's much more simple than that because what the Lord is looking for in us is faith everything in the kingdom is really comes down to faith everything in the kingdom of God manifests on this earth Because of one currency, it's called faith. And God looks for it. It's what pleases him. If you want to know if you can be pleasing to God, you can be. Because the price has been paid. We're going to talk about some of that as a foundation this morning. And then we're going to get into walking out, particularly what God is saying in your life personally and in our life here at Mountain Chapel as a community cuz how many know God just didn't say a bunch of things a long time ago that that we're supposed to open it up like a manual and kind of decipher like, "Wow, you know, I don't know how do I we do that. We read the word and we look to apply it to our life today. But how many know it's just not old sayings that we somehow try to apply to our life? It's that it's a timeless word that he breathes on that he speaks to us through And it's relevant for today. And um, and so really what God is looking for is faith. It's amazing. You know, we talk about love languages. Right. How do you know your love languages? Right. So uh, what are they? They're um, quality time. I don't know the order. If there's an order, I don't think there's an order. But quality time, words of affirmation, physical touch, gifts, acts of service. Yes. yeah. Shanna is celebrating that right now. I know Shanna is at the service. She's like, build something with me and I know that you love me. <laughs> it's so good. And, uh, and honestly, I think the truth is, I believe that we have those attributes because God has all those attributes. God's like, I love it when you, when you touch my heart. I love to touch you with my presence. I love quality time. I love to spend time with you. I love words of affirmation. I love you to worship me. And I love to speak to you about who I say you are. I love he's the best gift giver in the whole world. Right. I mean, he gave us Jesus. No, there's no greater gift, not to mention all the gifts. He's such a God of gifts, spiritual gifts, daily, all these gifts in life. Life is a gift and um, an acts of service. You know, Jesus was about his father's business. He was doing the work. That the father was doing, and so so God has all those love languages, um, but I feel like God has another love language, and it's faith. <laughs> God looks for faith. He's like, oh, like like when you when you believe me, I feel so loved by you, and and the and, and a father wants to be believed by his children. Amen. A good father expects to be believed because he knows he's good and he's like, I'm looking out for you in ways you can't even imagine. You don't even know the things I've done for you since you were a baby. You know what I mean? And and so so when a father's when a father says oh, a father expects to be believed and wants to be believed and um, and there's something so beautiful about trust. And uh, we're going to be getting into uh, Mark today. And I was um, we're going to be looking at Mark chapter four. And. um, And so today we're going to look at this. uh, uh, I could have gone so many directions and I'm going to unapologize right up ahead of time. If I happen to quote several scriptures this morning, I don't think you can have too much scripture but I thought I would definitely give you a story and a place to land. OK, and we're going to we're going to look at the story of the disciples in the boat with Jesus after Jesus had been teaching on the water. Right. He there was a cr- great crowd of people. Here's what was happening. There was a great crowd of people. They were all gathered and um, and uh, Jesus said, let, let's let get into the boat and push out a little bit. And then he, and they were all lining up on the on the shoreline there. Now, some people say, uh, you know, the surface of water conducts sound. So so even on a scientific level, there was a brilliance there to Jesus being out in the boat, speaking to a multitude because his voice would carry across that water. And and something think that, that the that the people would be able to hear Jesus better just because of the, the laws of creation there and the way sound carries across water. And Jesus knew that since all things were made by him, through him, for him. And so he knew how all that worked. And he knew a lot about water. We're going to talk some more about the things he knew about wind and water. And, um, and, uh, and also, I was thinking, as I was just thinking about that story, I thought, you know, Jesus, everybody wanted to be next to Jesus as close as they could get. So Jesus had this multitude. I think in some ways he was like, I'm just going to get out in the boat so you can't just cram right up next to me because other people are trying to hear me. I need a little bit of a space here, guys, you know, and 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 Jesus had this problem all the time, you know, and, and and I don't think people tried to disobey him or dishonor him. I just think they couldn't help themselves when they got around Jesus. You know, you got God in the flesh Full of life. He's a life-giving spirit. Healings, miracles. People probably felt so encouraged and just wanted to be around him. And uh, obviously they did. And, um, and so uh, he had to put out into the water a little bit. Probably just to have some space. You know, you he, he, he saw this with Jesus. He'd be like, healed somebody. And be like, now, okay, now go show yourself. But just don't, don't go telling everybody right now, okay? And, um, and they're like, OK, let me tell you what Jesus did. They couldn't help themselves. And I don't think they were trying to be dishonoring. I just think it was like, how do you keep that kind of news in? I was lame. I was begging and now I'm leaping and running around. It's like, good luck keeping that secret, you know? And um, I mean, anyway, it gets a little obvious anyway, when you used to see the guy begging all his life. And now he's leaping and running around. It. But I digress. That's uh we're going to. So we're going to read this uh in a minute but i want to tell you something that happened this weekend um, i uh saturday morning um i woke up with uh one of my snugglers right next to me I had come and climbed up into bed with me and uh i am i one of my love languages is physical touch that's probably, i don't know if you noticed i i'm always hugging people and and like it's, it's an expression of love. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I just... it's just I don't know. I just have always been that way. And it's just one of my love languages. And so uh, so I'm thankful that God has given me some of my kids who also love to snuggle. Chelsea's one of them. So I hope you don't mind if I say that. But she's 17. And she still lets me just snuggle her. And so I'm thinking at this point, she's never going to grow out of it. Praise God. And... Um, And, uh, I love you, babe. And, uh, so, but this time it was my seven year old, you guys know Molly and I wake up and boy, this girl, I tell you, she's got physical touch radar when she gets into bed, when she climbs up into my bed, which I, I do, I love, you know, she'll get in there and at some point, I don't know when she shows up, but she does. And, and, um, and, uh. She could be laying there. If I roll over, she's completely asleep. She's been this way since she was, like, tiny. Like, if I give myself a little space, here comes a hand. Bam! Sometimes it just lands on my face. But I'm like, it's crazy. She's completely asleep, but she knows if we're not touching. You know? And uh, and every inch I give, she she's like water. She just, like, flows into that spot, you know? And... Uh, Anyway, so I wake up, I wake up in Saturday morning and she's just where, ah, oh, it's just a good Saturday morning, you know. And um, and I said to her, um, we're just having a moment. And I said, uh, I said, this is one of my favorite things. And she says back to me, she goes, this is one of my favorite things because I love you, Daddy. And and I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm melting now. I am a mess. And uh, and she goes and then she begins to say to me, I love you because and she starts listing all these things that I have done for her It is amazing. And I don't remember all of them, but she was like, I love you because because you you helped me and and I love you because you supported me. This is her words. You supported me when I was learning to ride my scooter and my bike. And 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 because you helped me not be afraid when we moved into this new house. And now I know that it will be just as easy to go to a new school. And and it was just like, oh, my heavens, the wisdom of this young one, you know, and and it 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 struck me in that moment. Like I heard God speaking to me and what she was saying to me. And it really struck me. And, and it was Along the lines of things God has said to me in the past, you know, and um, basically what it comes down to is I was so honored and just blown away as a father because I'm like, you are remembering our relationship, how I have treated you in the past. And because of that, you're applying it to your future, which means you trust me, you believe me. That, that, that I'm faithful, that I love you, that I'm looking out for you. It's just amazing. And I'm like, how did you even, like, take that and apply it there? But that's faith. Right? You help me not be afraid when we move into this new house. And now I know. I was so confident. Now I know it will be just as easy to go to a new school. And And I was like, that is faith. And I heard the Lord in it, you know, but it just... It kind of boom it landed, and then I kind of moved on through my day and later, as the day unfolded, God was speaking to me in different ways, and I began to see it all put together let's read this story together, and um, it's not a story it's an account so let's read this account together the bible's not a story it's it's historical accounts and um and so uh Mark four, and we're going to go look at uh, verse thirty three. Actually, thirty five. Okay, and remember, he'd been speaking to the multitudes. And at that point, he said he said this on that day, verse thirty five, Mark four thirty five, when evening had come, he told them, let's cross over to the other side of the sea. (laughs) Can somebody just say cross over? to the other side of the sea so jesus told them where they were going so they left the crowd and took him along since he was already in the boat and other boats were with them that's it's cool detail there like i always just imagine jesus and his disciples in one boat but there were some other boats i i just i'm just thinking like Probably some other people are like, they're going across. I'm getting in a boat and following them, you know, so um, and so other boats were with them. A fierce windstorm arose. Now, um, how many know who Rick Renner is? Rick Renner is brilliant. I love this man. I have a big fat book called A Light in the Darkness and uh, Seven Letters Seven Churches. It is just an amazing um, book. He also has Sparkling Gems, which I don't have that one yet, but uh, that that, I hear it's a gem. And uh, so uh, and but I was uh, I was listening to Rick Renner on this subject and he's an amazing uh, uh, historian, biblical historian, as well as a theologian and a very spirit filled man. One of the best, honestly, theologians because of his being full of the spirit and his kingdom mindset Uh, It just. I recommend him. And he was saying in the language here that the way the wind arose was like out of nowhere, like it suddenly arose out of nowhere. And one of the points he made was that these fishermen were the commercial fishermen. They knew this and this was the place they fished. I mean, for these guys to get caught out of nowhere in a storm, I mean, it's just not going to happen. Right. Like they know how to look. They, they know the times of day when the winds usually come up. They can look at the sky. This is what they do for a living. They know when the fish are going to be, you know, where to catch them, when to catch them, when the clouds are coming in, what's going to be happening out there. They know this stuff. But it says out of nowhere in the language that that a wind arose and the waves were breaking over the boat. So the boat was already being swamped, but he was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. <laughs> I'm like, Jesus had the gift of sleep. I'm like, I get that you're sleeping and it's, your boat's rocking, but how about like splashing waves? Like you're getting soaking wet. Jesus, is, he probably didn't snore because, you know, Jesus was perfect. He didn't snore. But um, but anyway, so <laughs> you know, God didn't even know what it was like to sleep until he took on flesh and dwelt among us. You know, He says he never slumbers or sleeps. Anyway, that's a cool thing. So but he he was in the stern of the boat, sleeping on a cushion. So they woke him up and said to him, teacher, don't you care that we're going to die? <laughs> he got up rebuked the wind and said to the sea, silence, be still. The wind ceased and there was a great calm. Then he said to them, why are you fearful? Do you still have no faith? <laughs> I, you know, Jesus, there's nobody more loving than Jesus. And no one will confront you more intensely. You know? And, uh, but I can tell you this there are people in my life who I am convinced of their love for me. So they, they can, they can speak to me very directly if they ever need to or want to. Because when they do, now you can't receive that from just everybody, right? Some people walk up, right? Like, and um and you ever have somebody you don't know come up and give you some really stern advice out of nowhere? And you're like, okay, take, who are you? I mean, take it easy. You know, like, you know, and then sometimes they have really good advice. So you have to kind of like weed through the offense to actually the Lord's trying to help you out and maybe just came in a bad package. But it, that's the truth. And we've all been a bad package maybe at times. But um so that's, it's okay. There's... But uh, he says, do you still have no faith? And they were terrified and asked one another. Here's what's funny. They went from being terrified of the wind to terrified of Jesus in like 10 seconds. They're like, we're going to die. He gets up and he's like, everything stops. And they're like, who is this? Now I'm afraid of you. I've been hanging out with you, but who are you? You know, and this is what amazes me is that they had seen Jesus do miracles I mean, they'd seen Him do miracles. They'd watch crowds gather around Jesus. They were used to things happening around Jesus that was like, what? I mean, just think about hanging out with Jesus. You were just dumbfounded from morning to night. It wasn't just the things He did. It was the things He said. The things He would say. You'd go, what? You know, you you break your brain. And um, so that's the story. Let's look at it. Let's talk about it. Now, first of all, I just want to draw your attention to the obvious. That Jesus, he says, where is your faith? Now, why would Jesus confront them about their lack of faith in the situation? Why is that? Because they didn't speak to the storm? That's, that's one option for sure. Maybe they didn't realize the authority they had because they were with Jesus. That's a great, that's a great thought. Another thought might be that because of things that Jesus had done before. He thought, why would you be worried about some waves and some wind when you've seen all these things I've been doing for you? You know, I mean, Jesus would be like, we need some taxes, Uh Go catch a fish and pull a coin out of its mouth, you know. And it's like one fish comes out; there's a coin, just as he said. And it was crazy times hanging out with Jesus. It still is it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be. It's supposed to be. And um, and uh, and so I would say, and I would propose this, and this is what we're going to focus on today. Well, the things he'd done form, formerly, and also. What he had said to them when they started their journey. How many know that if Jesus says we're going to the other side, that you've got every you've got everything you need to believe that you are going to land on that shore safe and sound. But there's wind, there's waves. Jesus is like, but did you hear what I said? Remember when I said, let's go to the other side. But there's wind. We're in the middle. Where, where are we? Are we on the other side? No. Okay, well, let's keep going to the other side. Like I said, you can just imagine <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know that is a good word, and we all need that word sometimes. And and um and uh and so Jesus had prophesied to them. We're going to the other side. I give you my word. This was a word. Now the amazing thing about Jesus is everything he says is a promise. If he says it's going to happen it is a promise. Jesus doesn't have to qualify his promises with, I promise. Cross my heart this time, guys. Sometimes I don't mean what I say, but this one I really mean. Like, that's not Jesus. Everything Jesus says is a promise. You can take it to the bank. We're going to the other side. So they wake him up. It's amazing. It says that the waves were crashing against the boat. And Jesus stands up and he rebukes the wind. And then he silences the waves. Now, uh, another thing that I learned from Rick, my friend Rick Renner, um, he uh, he he says the word rebuke there is he goes now Jesus didn't stand up in the boat and say, I rebuke you, wind. He, he she didn't use the word rebuke. Rebuke talks about what he did, but he he silenced the wind of the waves. So he, he said, a great way to understand, now I don't know if this is what, I think Jesus probably used words, but the, if you were to read the original text, he, this is what Rick says, a great way to understand what Jesus did in that moment, when he stood up, he looked at the wind, and he said, Shh. <laughs> I love that, because, you know, when you can go, Shh, and it happens, that's authority. Do you know what I'm saying? Shh. I'm not even going to exert myself. Shh. Okay. You guys good now? Let's, let's go to the other side. And, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, we talked about how faith is one of God's, I like to say it this way, it's one of God's, it's one of God's love languages. You know, faith... Pleases God. Okay. The Bible says that anything done without faith is sin. That's crazy, right? It's crazy. Yeah. And that's how the Lord really used that in my life, even about certain liberties in my life. You know, things that aren't overtly a sin, but things that maybe I just don't have peace about in my walk. And they're not a sin. Like, it's, it's okay to do it. And, and, um, but for whatever reason, I don't have peace. And about having some liberties in my life, and it 's because the lord it 's just my walk with the lord it 's what the Lord has asked of me and i, and I don 't go around imposing those things on other people, and people ask me i 'll share my journey but but um, but there are some liberties, and really, when it came down to uh, to now god 's really kind of he in our relationship spoken to me directly about some things. But what it really started to come down to is I realized anything without faith is sin. So and, and in our relationship, I started to realize if I don't have a confidence, a security and like an absolute confidence that this is fine in my life, like I can be in the presence of God and enjoy this liberty. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can enjoy the glory of God and have, and have this luxury in my life. Now, if I don't have that confidence, what it comes down to is, well, if I'm not sure, that's not faith. Because faith knows. And so there are some things that I'm like, ooh, I'm going to have to work this out with God until I feel confident one way or another. That's a side note. Anything without faith is sin. There's no righteousness apart from faith. This blows me away. We're just talking about the foundation of faith here before we get to this, the, bring it home. There's no righteousness apart from faith. Alright? The Bible says that if, if the law, if obeying the law could have produced righteousness, then Christ would not have needed to die. Here's the, here's the amazing thing. Did you know that even if you were able, to do, to follow the Ten Commandments from the day you're born, and if you were like, obey the rules, do it all right, and somehow you were able to pull it off. I'd say Paul maybe got the closest. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees. You know, he was this teacher of the law. I mean, he he's like, all my life, you know, I've been doing this and that. And all of it amounts to nothing before God. Because... Righteousness, there's no one righteous except for God. So all righteousness has to come from the righteous one, the originator of all. And this is why faith pleases God and faith imparts righteousness to our life. You're like, but I did it all right, Lord. And he goes, actually, that's not righteousness. Righteousness is when you believe me. Of what I did has provided it for you. Isn't that amazing? Isn't it amazing? To me, it frees me up because being perfect wouldn't make you righteous. Because if that was true, then you could perform for righteousness and if you're able to perform for righteousness, then you would be able to stand up and say, aren't I awesome? Look at me. Aren't I awesome? I, I'm righteous. And it would be Of your own efforts. And the Lord says, that doesn't please me. A great way to say it is only God pleases God. You know what pleases God? Himself. His his nature pleases Him. His way pleases Him. So what pleases Him in our life is when by faith we surrender to His way. And we say, the truth is, God, I belong to you. I need you. Oh, I receive your forgiveness. And then everything he has flows into our life. And then he goes, oh, you look just like me. It's such good news that I don't have to earn it. Like, we're wondering if God's happy with us because you didn't read the Bible for a day or two. Oh, the Lord doesn't love me as much today. You know what will cause you to dig into the word more? Is the revelation that he just is wild about you. Reading the Bible doesn't make you righteous. You get hungry for him when you have a revelation of what he has done for you and how much he loves you. And when that faith gets activated, and then we're going to get into that. <laughs> and we're called to walk by faith in our everyday life. And so what that requires is hearing God about our journey now. And today I want to share something. I'll share a recent one with you about a little, I call it a thread, a a way that God's been speaking to me along this journey. I call it a prophetic journey. How many know what I mean when I say a prophetic journey? Right. And and let me just be really honest with you. In my life, what I have learned is there are a few things that I need in order to be in tune with what he's doing. And that's our goal. I want to be doing what God's doing. You know, and when we all start, when we all start arguing about our ways and our ideas and why I think this ought to be like that. And you ought to be more like me. And, you know, is what it comes down to often. You know what I'm saying? I think we ought to do this. Often means I think you all ought to be just like me, and 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 it's like, you know what I'm saying. And the problem is, is you got uh, you got hundreds of people all together thinking everybody ought to be like them. and I, We all ought to be like Jesus. And um, anyway, and so uh, so I've been on this journey, this prophetic journey with the Lord. And so in this story today, what I want to show you is. I believe that God has a word for you personally, for me personally, for us corporately. And that God is reigniting in us a hunger and a desire to be on a prophetic journey with him individually and as a house. And there have been times in my life when I felt like I was like, you ever be in a river and then there's what you call an eddy? There's a current, but then in the eddy, there's it's kind of like... There's nothing really, not too much happening there. You ever feel like you're in the eddy on your journey with God? Now, the good news is, is He knows where you are. And if your faith is in Him, then that eddy actually is going to serve a purpose. God's doing things in your life. You might think like, I've been on the sideline. Nothing's happening. I'm just working hard. I'm tired. That's what's happening. You know, and and I remember when God was doing stuff and those days are gone now and now I'm back to real life. You know, it's like, no, that it's all real life. God is real. And um, and what I found is those eddies are like, oh, wow. Next thing you know, you're back in the flow and you're like, and you were doing so much in me in that time. It is the river. That's a good word. And uh And if your name's Eddie, God wants you in the river today. No, but um, that's true. (laughs) It's true, though. And uh, all right, I got to bring this home. But God, it's God's desire that we're doing what he's doing. Now, God has a purpose and a plan for you individually, for me individually, and for us corporately. Now, the reality really is, is that I can be in tune with God's plan for me or out of tune. That is true. And now, I, I, I don't want to say that and send you into like striving mode and worry mode and things like that. But the truth is that we do sometimes need to be awakened to God's purpose in our life today. Sometimes we get living in what God did once before in our life. And then we take a fresh move of God or a fresh touch from God. And we do learn principles from life. But then we start living out a principle instead of just being in the fresh river of what God's actually doing today. God has not stopped moving or speaking. And he's speaking today. And so. uh, So. uh I'm going to share a story and you're going to see something in this. But I think one of the keys is one is that we are awake to the fact, the truth, that God is moving in a fresh way here at Mountain Chapel, here in my life, here in your life. And sometimes you are just like one prophetic dream, one prophetic word, one revelation of scripture Just one fresh touch from God away from feeling like, oh, there's the flow. And what I like to do is when I find the flow, I focus on where God is speaking and where he's flowing. I'll give you an example, okay? Early, well, it was last summer. So last summer, uh, we had some some. Right up here, I was sitting right here at the end of service. A lady came up to me and she gave me a prophetic word for me, for us. And I'll share it with you. I haven't shared it yet um, uh, corporately. But I've been carrying this word. It's one of the things I do. I, I record every prophetic word that I can. And I, I, for me, they're my light. they're my food. For me, they're my promises. It's what I stand on. I run and I listen to them. I drive and I listen to them. When I need encouragement, I open them up and I listen to them and I remember what God said so that I don't walk by my own understanding, by my own sight, by what I see, but I walk by faith. What God said. Oh, there's wind, there's waves. Oh, oh, you said we're going to the other side. Oh, yes, this word. I remember that. Thank you, God. Now I'm walking on water again or whatever. And, um, and so, uh, so she comes up, she gives me this prophetic word and the word was this she said i see and she was speaking of this place a beehive and she said now the hexagon shape of the of the beehive the honeycomb is an extremely strong structure it's made out of pretty thin stuff but but the way but the brilliance of god is that the way the bees make this it is this really strong solid structure and then she began to prophesy and she said, I see that God is giving you wisdom to build here with a strong structure. And, and she said, um, oh, and she started to talk about the honey. Uh, you know, and the honey represents the, the sweetness of God, the sweetness of his love and his presence and, uh, and, and his feasting on him. And she said, and the queen bee is the Holy Spirit. And, and so, and, and what that means is, God's in charge. God is moving and we're building with a strong structure because how many know a beehive is built for bees, but it's built for honey. It's much like wineskins are made for wine. And this is how we want to build with God. We want to build according to what he is doing, what he is pouring out. Every, we don't want to build something and go, OK, God, now bless it, fill it up. You want to look at God and say, what are you doing? OK, how do we prepare for that? How do we host you in this? OK, you like it like this. And, and so we're building ministry and building people with strong structure as God leads us. So it's a great work, right? And, and the Holy Spirit is in the middle of it all, orchestrating it here. That's the season we're in. That's the life we're in. So... The next thing I look for, the Bible says, let something, let a thing be established by two or three witnesses. So I start, sometimes you hear a word once and you know it's God. You just carry it. But what I do is I look for a theme. I call it the thread. So before that, what she didn't know is Teresa Slater, who they were going to be here this morning. They must have got, he was doing a river trip down south. They must have got caught up there. So Teresa, Dixon and Teresa are friends of mine from way, way back. Uh, she sends me in the mail a book and she calls me and says, I send you a book. Um, and she goes, I've never read it before, but I was out for a run and there was an outside used book stand and I saw this book and, and it stood out to me and the, I just felt like the Lord said, I don't even know if it's a good book. I'm just, it's just like disclaimers. Right. And, um, she goes, I don't even know if it's a good book, but I just felt to send it to you. And she she sends she sends me this book. Now, the person who gave me the prophetic word did not know that this is the book that she sent me. Did you see that? Sticky teams. It's a bee Hi? Bees. Honey. And I'm like, okay, you got my attention. I mean, you had my attention, but God's driving us home. And he's speaking to me. So it's, it's a really good book, actually. And, but the cover alone was a word to me. And this is what we do. We look for how is God speaking to us in our life. And so I go, that's crazy. I just got sent this book. I tell Jillian, this, the lady who gave me the word, I just got sent this book. And, um, and so, uh, so a little bit of time goes by. And um, and I'm stewarding this word. Oh, yeah. Wisdom. And, and and I was thinking, you know, when you're building a strong structure, you can throw something up in a day. Right. But when you're building a strong structure, you're going to go phase by phase. So at first, you know, how many go by a construction site and you're like, how long are you guys going to be moving the dirt around there? Because it's been doing that for a long time. It looks like, I mean, just keep moving dirt. What are you doing? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? No, there's a lot going on down there that you don't know about. Pretty soon there's a foundation. You're like, oh, okay, You got something going on. They're like, hey, you do this job. You don't know what it takes. You know what I'm saying? And and pretty soon the building starts going up. So when you're building for the long haul, you want to build strategically as the Lord leads. And which, by the way, this is a cool thing. I'm I'm going to share this with you. Molly, my little prophetic girl, it was like, it was amazing how God was using Molly this weekend with me. So Molly says to me yesterday, Chelsea and I were in the room, and Molly goes, Hey, Dad, why did the turtle beat the rabbit if the rabbit was faster? You guys know the turtle and the hare story. So Chelsea and I start going, well, honey, and we both kind of tag teaming, explaining the story to her. And uh, I'm like, well, the, the, the rabbit was really gifted with speed, but he was really overconfident. And and I he was taking breaks. And then Chelsea reminds me, well, he actually took a nap and. Uh, and I go, like, oh, yeah, he took a nap. And Chelsea goes on to explain. And then the turtle passed him up and he didn't know because he was taking a nap. And then he woke up and he thought the turtle was still behind him. So he just leisurely went on his way and he realized the turtle beat him the whole time. And I said, and so what the turtle had was perseverance. And uh, and she goes, I have perseverance. <laughs> I said, Yes, you do. And I said, so. I mean, what can we learn from that story? And she says, don't lose confidence when you're in the middle of a race. (laughs) How old are you? You, 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 And um, so I just released that to you. Whatever God has said to you, whatever the other side is for you in your life. I want you to think about this as we're as we're ending in this last section here. I want you to think about this, that that what has God promised you personally? And maybe it was 10, 12 years ago. Sometimes you think that your prophetic words have expired. Sometimes you think that what God has said over your life is old hat and it's never going to happen now. And, and sometimes what you need is where God goes, actually, see, I kind of did some of that already. Oh, yeah, I do. And sometimes he is still going to do it. The promises of God are yes and amen. And so whatever God has said over, over your life, I just want to encourage you. To remember that if he says you're going to the other side. And I would propose that maybe the difference between making it to the other side and not is the fact that we just simply believe what he said. And sometimes even if you struggle, believe you're still going to get there. And he's going to say, I told you because he's just that faithful. He is, though he is. He says that if I am faithful, he rem- if I'm faithless, he remains faithful because he can't deny himself. He said, you might be lacking faith, but I can, it's impossible for me to be without it. I still do what I say. So, so we go out on the 10th. Dave and I go out to breakfast. The 10th of June. And uh, we're sitting down, talking about the year, sharing a little bit. And Dave tells me this story. Seemingly out of nowhere. Was it your brother-in-law with the bees? So his brother-in-law won a beehive? This is the thing, you guys, when you get tuned into the language of God, he'll speak to you anywhere. And sometimes we go, it's got to be in the Bible. You're like, it probably will be. And he will speak to you. And he will speak to you in the word. But the thing is, is when you're looking to hear from God, it'll come from anywhere. And so when you're tuned into his voice, you might just see a magazine on a rack and there's a phrase. And you're like that. Wait, it feels like you're speaking to me. It probably is. So he tells me this story. His brother-in-law wins this beehive. I don't know how he win a beehive, but he won a beehive. Dave can tell you about it. He doesn't have property to put the beehive on, so he's keeping it at his parents' house. And, and he goes out to pick up the beehive from this guy who raises bees. Now, he's really passionate about what he does. And um, now I want you to remember the word that Jillian gave us here for Mountain Chapel. And Dave's sitting here and it's gone. Like, I'm like, that is gone. So Dave goes, he goes out to pick it up and the guy goes, here's your hive. And the guy's really happy, kind of a, and he's like, this is the way Dave describes him, you know. But I'm like, I've known people like that so I can like picture the guy. And he's like, and he's just passionate about the bees. He's living his best life, you know. And he's like, he's like, I got you a good hive, man. And he's like, he goes, the queen is strong, bro. She's a strong queen. <laughs> you know, and he's just so happy to be giving this guy a, a hive with a strong queen. And I'm like, I walked away from that going, Lord, you keep reminding me. It was like a year later after that prophetic word. You keep reminding me, man, you are building. I am giving you wisdom to build structure For the kingdom that is strong, that will last, that will have fruit, that will endure. This is what God is doing with us, Mountain Chapel. And we're in this together. And the Queen, if you're okay with calling the Holy Spirit a Queen Bee, is strong. The Holy Spirit is strong and capable and able and and is here with us. Isn't that amazing how God is speaking? So I'm actually on the phone in the driveway reviewing these prophetic words with my mom, that's my mom and Bobby, you guys. And um I know some of you know them, but if you don't, meet them, they're awesome. And um and uh so Molly comes and I'm in the I'm in my vehicle and I'm talking to my mom on speakerphone just talking about I'm just happy to have a mom I can talk about prophetic God stuff with and then she just sp- Gives me oh, it's so good. But um, and so Molly comes and she climbs up in the Jeep with me. OK. And she goes and she hears us talking and she goes, Dad, you know, I learned in a book in school that that hexagon shape is really strong. And I was like, that's awesome. And she goes, and did you notice those lights On the front of the house, they look like a beehive. They have the hexagon shape. And so I look up, I look up, and um, I'll show you on my phone. You won't be able to see it from here anyway. I look up, and the the outside lights on our motion sensor uh, in the front, they have a hexagon in the middle of the bulb. Now, check this out. One of the bulbs, which I didn't put there, it's just been there, is like an orange, golden honey color. And then part of the bulb is like oxidized or something. It looks like a honeycomb. It's crazy. And and Molly's like, and that looks like, uh, and I'm like, how did you even see the middle? I mean, I had to like look at it. And you can say, here's the thing about when you're on a prophetic journey with God. You can say that's a coincidence. But this is what faith is. You can say it's a coincidence. You're like, but I know it's not. I know God is speaking to me. Here's an amazing thing about bees, by the way. Do you know that bees, this is just like God. Did you know that bees produce three times as much honey as they need? They eat it, but two thirds of the honey they don't—they won't even use. That's why we can just scrape it off and eat it. I love honey. Although I've been not been eating much honey lately because I've been watching what I eat. Honey's good, but. Um, and so we're on a prophetic journey, and 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 the thing is—is is the Bible says walk by faith, not by sight. Don't lean on your own understanding